0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Yeah. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone, as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional
2: sports. Now, now up to, to bet, Brett Boone.
1: Welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. I'm Brett Boone, and today on the program, I'm joined by an All-Star, World Series champion, and we were teammates in the early 2000s with the Seattle Mariners. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Arthur Rhodes. Arthur, thanks for coming on the program.
2: Good morning, Brett. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing
1: good. We got to catch up recently at at a a mutual friend of ours, uh, golf tournament, Ryan Franklin. Ryan Franklin and John Daly uh, Classic, I guess we'd call it. Yeah, we call it a classic. It's classic. Yeah. All right. We discussed this. You were unaware. Uh, I'm going to get to your story in a second. All right. For all you guys out there listening to the Boom Podcast, uh, Arthur and myself were teammates for several years. We played against each other a lot at a lot of different levels. And what's unique about our uh, first encounter, we met back – Oh, it's got to be what now? It's thirty-two, thirty-two years ago. Let's call it thirty-three years ago. Long time ago. And let me set up the story. I all right. I, I signed out of USC. Arthur was a big prospect for for the uh, for the uh, for the Baltimore Orioles. I sign. I get my assignment, which is is the Carolina League. I'm headed to Peninsula Virginia. I get in the ca- I, I get in the cab. I take the take the uh, shuttle over to to War Memorial Park, I meet my new teammates. It's a ball for the Seattle Mariners. And, uh, you know, I'm this new kid coming from a college program and you know how we get college back then. (laughs) And my teammate said, Booney, I'll tell you what, congratulations. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners. But you picked a bad night because he got this lefty throwing like a hundred. And so I'm just saying you picked a bad night for your debut. Ended up being Arthur Rhodes. I went and I grabbed the the smallest bat that I could possibly find because that's what, you know, in college, we're using those Eastons. Nah. So uh, <laughs> Arthur Rhodes, my first minor league AB. Fast forward two years later, I get called up to the big leagues. Arthur's already been there for a year. And I'm on my way to Camden Yards and I got my USA Today and I look in the in the box score. Guess who's starting that night? Arthur Rhodes. So I don't think too many people can say for their first at bat in the, as a pro player, you face, you face the same guy that you face the first at bat in the big leagues. Pretty awesome. I want to hear about what do you remember about your first hitter? You faced pro ball first hitter in the big leagues. My first hitter, I guess it was you. No, I was your first. I I was your, you were already a pro. My first hitter. Yeah.
2: My first hitter, I got to go way back in Bluefield, man. Bluefield, West Virginia. Just come straight out of high school, sign a contract, out of high school, go straight to Bluefield, West Virginia. And my, oh, man, it was probably, I think it was Mark. He played for the Indians. And I think. But I, I don't remember. It's been so long, Brett. <laughs> how about your even, first how
1: about how about your debut in the big leagues? Your first hitter. You remember that? My
2: first hitter in the big league. Was, I know it was with the Rangers. It was probably who's leading off with the Rangers in ninety one.
1: Oh shoot, Arthur. I don't know. There maybe he, there maybe you go. Maybe Brian Downing. I have no idea. Probably
2: Brown Downey or probably uh Oh, man, I don't go back, go back that far. I'm too old to See, remember. the thing
1: is, I think the reason I, I remember, not only were we teammates, but it it's so rare because you were my first. And then, uh, wait a minute, Arthur was my first because they made a big deal about it, NABAL. And right. then I go into the big leagues, I'm like, that's weird. Arthur's going to be my first big, big league at bat, too. So, uh, no, I, I get it, though, how you don't remember. I think my circumstances were so unique facing you twice. It was just... Uh, you know it, it it was stuck in my mind but it was crazy man facing you why
2: is that it, it was crazy because I didn't know you you coming straight out of college and you get used to using that aluminum bat I said okay I'm gonna try to sneak a fastball in and see if we're gonna be able to hit him
1: that's right back then I was young I could I could <laughs> waylay, I could waylay that ball inside uh, um you played and this is amazing to me. I, I I knew you play I knew you played a long time. You had a long career. I didn't know you played 21 years. You played 21 years. I played 14 and I felt like that was a lot. You know, I, I could have mixed in a few more years, but uh that's a long that's a third more than I. What what do you attribute it to the longevity?
2: Well, to tell you the truth, Brett, I learned a lot when uh when I was with Baltimore because I had Cal Ripken, he was out there my shortstop. He helped me out a lot. Then I had uh, rest in peace, uh, L. Ron Hendricks, my bullpen coach. He helped me out a lot. Then I think that what made my career go longer when I got sent to the bullpen when I was in the bullpen in '95 and '96 with the Orioles. And I, that's I think that's when my career took off. And when it when I was setup guy, then I went to closer, then. When I got to Seattle, that's when I was the the good setup guy when we had Norm Charlton, Sasaki, Flacco, and uh Penny Agua, Jeff Nelson, and and you go one in and your career gonna last for a long time like that. And then I just kept keeping my body in shape and kept my arm in shape. Twenty years was a long time. But you know what? I wanted 21 So I can catch my good buddy Jesse Orosco.
1: Yeah, Orosco played (laughs) forever. You know, I had Lee Smith on and Trevor and and Raleigh Fingers, guy that's had long careers in the bullpen at the back end. When you're a kid coming up and you're this, you're this in our prospect days and, Mm -hmm. and you're a starter, back then it was, it was. Starting pitching was the way to go, and if you were a top guy, you always go. You always go in the starting rotation, and the bullpen's an afterthought. Now, nowadays, a lot different. You know, they oh, groom yeah. these, these. They groom these kids at a young age uh, to be specialists in the bullpen. And they're, they're paying. They're paying a lot of money for bullpen arms in 2023. In your day, they paid pretty good, but now I, I know you look at the salaries just like I look at a second baseman salary now and go, "Wow, <laughs> you
2: ain't joking." Them, you look at these guys right now, they only go three batters. they might go back to back days. You try to put them guys going back to back days like we used to do it back in the day. I don't think they'll last.
1: Uh, you talked about 95, half the, half the year you were a starter in 95. That's when right. you made your change to the pen. 96, you started two games, and after 96, you didn't start another game in the big leagues, right? Uh, when you first got, I don't know who told you, but you, you're just used to coming pitching every fifth day. Who told you you're going to make the switch to the bullpen? And how did a young Arthur Rhodes? How did you take that? Did you take it as a demotion, or did you take it as no? Maybe this is something for me that I can really thrive in that role.
2: No, I didn't. I took it like a grown man because I was still young at that time, and uh, I think it was uh, I think it was Ray Miller, Ray Miller, or David uh, Davy Johnson that sent me down. We went in the office and talking about, we're going to move you to the bullpen. Then Elrod Hendricks is in there. And he said, we're going to work you slow like, you, like you're like a starter. But I was a, I was a long man. Did a great job in long man. Then probably the next year, the final year, I moved back to a setup guy. But like I said, man, once you move back from starter to you go to the bullpen, like I tell everybody, you just got to keep your head up and and, and you just want to be in big leagues and and just keep doing what you're doing. When his, your name is called to go in the bullpen, like you go in the second inning, if it's a starting you hurt, you go in the second inning, you go out there and give four or five good innings, and you're going to sit down for three days, and you go back out and do the same thing.
1: I, w- I want to talk about life in the bullpen because, you know, as position players, <laughs> we, we, we don't pay attention to you guys. We see everything going on, but we got our own thing to do. Uh, you mentioned you were closer for a bit in your career, but the, mm-hmm. the bulk of your career uh, – and the Arthur Rhodes I know was that that elite setup guy. And and I got to see it up close and personal in 2001. It was one of your best years. You had it under two ERA. It was you and Jeff Nelson at the end of the game. And, and those were our two guys to get us to to Kazuhiro Sasaka. I want to talk about life in the pen. OK, now you talk about being a long man, long men can be very important. You mentioned Flacco. Flacco to everybody out there listening, is, is Ryan Fla- Franklin. He was a huge part of our early 2000s uh, Seattle Mariners because he was the guy, like you said, that starter has a rough inning. He might be in the game in the first inning, second inning, and he's got to eat up some innings for us. Ryan did a Correct. tremendous, tremendous job for that on those Seattle Mariners teams. But then there's other roles. You go into a closer role. Where you're not going to, you're not coming in till the ninth inning. You've also, you've also, the bulk of your career were in that seventh, eighth inning, uh, role. When you're a closer, or when Arthur, you know, in your Seattle days with me, you weren't coming in. You and Nelly weren't going to come into the game unless it was a high leverage situation, seventh or eighth inning. So tell me about the life first pitch, as a closer or as a setup man. Are you already in the bullpen with those guys? I'm
2: a I'm gonna put myself when I had my best career in 2001. I'm gonna go as a setup guy. Okay. So I'm not there in the first inning. Okay. I learned from Lee Smith. That's one. I know I was still young at that age, but I'm not there in the first inning. I get out there about the third or fourth inning because I watch the hitters in the clubhouse on TV. I get my treatment, then then by the first inning. I'm sitting in my locker, getting my clothes on, taking my time. Then I'm getting ready. Then I'm watching the game still at the same time. But when the second inning come around, third inning come around, I'm getting prepared to go out there in the game to the bullpen. Then third inning come around, I'm rolling out to the dugout. Then by the time the fourth inning starts, I'm in the dugout, shaking all that guys' uh, hand, giving him high five, talking to him. Then fourth or uh, fifth inning, I'm focused on the game. Now I'm starting to focus on the game. See how the game dictate. If we winning, I'm getting preparing. About the sixth inning, I'm starting to stretch, get more of my body loose, starting to move around. By the seventh inning, I'm already ready to go to jump on the mound, be ready in the seventh, be ready. If one out, two outs, whatever loop, whatever we whatever want to put me in, I'll be ready to go. So as a setup guy, you just got to be ready for the seventh inning and eighth inning, then let your closer get the ninth.
1: It's, it's important, too. I, I think we all in whatever our role is, uh, it's important to have a, a program. You mentioned yours, how you dictate your day. Right. Uh, for me as a hitter, I, you know, I had it. I had it, too. It's like, OK, at uh, at five thirty, I go in and I eat my pregame meal at six fifteen, uh, I'm starting to I'm starting to put on my uniform. I'm starting to put on my elbow pad, and and I had a routine that I did every day. I'm right. checking out my bats for that game. I'm, here's my backup. Here's my my second backup, and I've got them labeled because I know if if I break a bat, I, I know I don't want that that double backup bat coming in. I want a particular one coming in, and the bat boy at that time. And I'm going to write on my on the end of my bat. This right. is my replacement for tonight. So we all have our our little things. You know, I go down to the cage, let's say for a 705 game. Uh I know my cage time. Edgar has his cage time. Ichiro has his cage time. I know at seven, at 654, I've got that right hand cage. So at 653 I start moseying down. So it, you're right. We all have a routine and it what's and and especially as we become veteran players and we do this for a while, we we find out what works. And I think the great ones have always had some sort of routine oh, uh, yeah. to fall back on, you know, yeah. good, good, bad, and different. Cause you're going to go out there. Sometimes you're going to punch out the side. Sometimes you're going to have a rough inning. that's baseball, just like a hitter. Sometimes I'm going to have a great game. Sometimes I'm going to be old for four and make an error, but that's right. part of part of living the life. Yeah. As a bullpen because I always find this fascinating. You know, I, I wasn't very good at pinch hitting when I had a day off. I wasn't very good. I, I, I can kind of read the, like you said, I, I could kind of read the writing on the wall. Lou said I wasn't going to play today, but I don't trust him <laughs> because he'll panic and make a, a knee, a knee jerk decision at any time put me in. I know that. So I never would put that out of the realm of possibility as a bullpen guy, as a setup guy, mm-hmm. every day, you don't know you're a pinch hitter every day. And you're thinking, okay, I know when I, Probably am going to be used because of the the lineup we're facing, uh, the situation, of the game, the score of the game. So, what, I don't know how often did you pretty much know I'm in there tonight, and and how many times did you think I'm in there, and all of a sudden you weren't in there. Well,
2: tell the truth, I go by the I go by the score of the game, and I go, I tell myself I got to be ready every day. It's not, it's not take a break off. You, you got to be ready every day from the seventh inning to the ninth inning. Because like you said, Lou, he wanted to win every game. And like I said, I was ready every day. And you got to have a good mind, mind focus. And you say, you know what? If we're down two runs, by the seventh inning, you know we're going to score some runs. And if the game is tied, Lou's going to put us in the game. If we up one run, Lou's going to put us in the game if we went down one run or two runs we still was in the game because like you said we can come back and score runs anytime anybody score runs anytime but you just have to be ready on your toes from the seventh inning on. you just got to be ready
0: take your business further with the smart and flexible american express business gold card you can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash businessgoldcard.
1: Um, explain to me what goes on with the rookies. Now, I watch it. You know, us position where we watch, but I'm always seeing some young players got some goofy backpack with something. He's always headed down to the bullpen. Tell the Boone podcast what goes on, uh, especially back in our day. It's a little bit different today, as, as oh, yeah. we know. But back in let's let's turn the clock back 20 years and, and say, what what is the typical uh, how do you welcome? A new player, a new pitcher to the bullpen. What's his role? I know he's got to be out there for the first pitch, or he's going to be getting in trouble. Oh, he doesn't yeah. have that luxury of setting up his his program yet. That comes with with uh, that that comes with earning it, actually. Yeah.
2: So when uh when a rookie, back in our day, when a rookie come up, he get called up to the big leagues, and when, as soon as he get to uh, the first day, he have a backpack in his locker. That means. You gotta take sunflower seeds, you gotta take bubble gum, you gotta take all the goodies out what we like, all the veterans. So once you get to the ballpark, we acknowledge him. Congratulations. Tell him, hey, hey, congratulations, make it up to the big leagues. Now, you know what? It's your job. That backpack right there, you gotta fill everything up to take out to the bullpen, and you gotta be out there for the first pitch. What happens if he's not? If he's not on the first pitch, he get fined. he get fined okay. by the bullpen. So with the bullpen, all the veteran guys get together. we say see how much fined with. is fined. So we'll find him for a little bit, or he'll take us out to dinner.
1: Bullpen coaches. Yes. Once again, a, 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 a not very hailed job. They're down in the bullpen grinding with you guys, pretty much answering the phone, telling who to get ready, who, who skipper wants getting loose to be prepared for the hitters. Bullpen coach, and this is really an interesting thing, and I love this topic because I never talk about it, and I never talked about it when I played, but BP for a position player, really important. Uh, I had Johnny Mack, John McLaren, for a lot of years that he got me right for the game, and I didn't like the days where Johnny had to take a day off and rest his arm because, man, he was just my way of getting loose for the game. All the years you played, all the different bullpen catchers, was there a big deal or did it matter who was warming you up? Uh when I was with the Orioles with Baltimore,
2: Elroy Hendrick always warm warmed me up. He so, he warm, your, so he was, he was your So he guy. Yeah. He was my guy. He was my guy all the time warming up. Then then once he got older he couldn't squat down, then it was like you get some little rookie catch out there, or you get a you get the backup catch out there. To uh, warm you up, but it's just it was always been Ron Hendricks. Then like Seattle, we had uh we had um, Little Allen, the Rocket, and the Rocket. We had yeah. him. I beat him up a couple times, hit him in the chest. <laughs> but uh, yeah, once you get uh once you get too used to a bullpen catcher, and they always gonna they always gonna want you to catch catch him because I always wanted the Rocket. Because Rocket, he always got a good target, just like Dan Wilson. Low target, the, w- the way I liked it. And and every time I warmed up, getting ready to warm up, he was back there doing my job, doing his job, warming up.
1: Favorite bullpens in the big leagues. Which one do you go to that city and go, I really like that bullpen? Something about it. Because we have, as players, we got dugouts, places we hit well. Uh, but for you, it's a different life. You got a bullpen. Oh, that's a good bullpen. In a certain situation, certain place. I've I, right. I've never I've never been to most of the bullpens. Oh, you don't. That's not your job. You don't post no. in the bullpen, right? Favorite bullpen was Baltimore
2: and Seattle. I like I like the fans around me to to see how see how good you're throwing the ball, see how bad you're throwing the ball. Then it's like in Seattle. Seattle was the best because you had the fans back there. They can watch you warm up. You can go back there and talk to the little kids. You can sign autographs for the little kids. Then you got the background back there in the center field. All them fans back there watching you throw, and you you just throwing strike after strike. Then you bounce a curveball, then you go up in the stand. They got a souvenir. But Baltimore, Seattle, St. Louis was nice, man. St. Louis and and um, where else? Yeah. Uh, that's about it because that's the only three stadiums I like.
1: All right. You talked about you love the fans in Seattle, love the bullpen in Seattle. Now, what are the worst bullpen and, oh, the, wor- and the worst <laughs> fans?
2: Well, I'm going to go. The first one is going to be Boston. I hated that bullpen because you got all the knuckleheads sitting right there. You know, Boston fans, are they don't like the opponent team then. The second one is Yankees at the old stadium. I'm going back to the old stadium when we played. That was rough. I'm talking about we had Baltimore and uh, New York had a playoff game. That's when Tony Tarasco and uh, uh, Garcia missed their home run. Their little kid caught the ball low to fans. Right. And the fans went crazy. I was warming up. I had batteries thrown at me, had nickels, had pretzels. I had. Freaking macaroni throwing at us, warming up. And it's, it's Boston and uh, New York, the worst uh, the worst two stadiums.
1: You had a different experience of me from a fan standpoint. You know, I talked to a good friend of both of ours, Mike Cameron, all the time right. about it. He said, Booney, it's different being in the infield than it is being in the outfield. And, and when you <laughs> think about it, like for you, old Yankee Stadium, right. you're out there, those aren't the most expensive seats. You're going to get a different caliber of fan that's paying – you know, 12 bucks, 50, 15 bucks for a ticket versus when I'm on deck and people are yelling at me, and believe me, they yelled at me plenty, usually they're yelling at me from the $500 seat, you know what I'm saying? So you're yeah. going to have, like, businessmen and corporations. Cammy would tell me some of the stadiums we'd go into, and not only Cammy but all the outfielders. Mm. And, man, it's a different ball game in the outfield when the seats aren't as expensive, the things they say at. You. It's it's bad out there, man. You hear everything.
2: You hear everything, especially the old Yankee Stadium. It was bad. I, right field, left field, wherever you uh center field, they are they, they gonna find you, they're gonna get on you, especially the bullpen. Our
1: bullpen was the they didn't like us out there. What do you think, what do you think the differences are between being a great setup man, being a great closer, is it a mindset? Is it something – I don't know. You explain the, the differences of the two. I,
2: a setup man is the seventh inning and eighth inning. You you got your mindset like, okay, there might be some left-handers. I might go in and the, the, say the third hitter, fourth hitter, and the fifth hitter. So I go left, right, left. Then then in the in the closer row, you might have one, two, three, or you might have four, five, six. You're gonna have a harder lineup when you're a closer. And the best thing I would I like was being a setup guy because you can get the bottom of the lineup, you can get the middle of the lineup, and you can you can go left on left, you can go left, right, left, and when you're a closer, you you got left, 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 right, right, right,
1: and you just, you know, closer's the hardest thing to do. Talk about coming into a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've come in both. Do you prefer a clean inning or sometime? I, I mean, if you come, if let's say you're they're bringing Arthur Rhodes in in a tight game, but you've got runners on second and third when you're entering the game, one out. Um, well, they're not your runs, obviously. It's not. It's not those. Those. Those aren't your runs on base. Well, but I don't did, put it that way.
2: I don't put it that way. I'm trying uh, right. to. Not is, let them run score. I'm, if if right. it's my starter, I'm not going to let his run score. If it's my my partner in my bullpen, I'm not going to let his run score because we're trying to keep the score the same.
1: Right. Okay. That that that's the kind of the answer, the thought process I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you come, did you prefer a clean inning, or did you like sometimes think? All right, this is a challenge for me. I'm going to pick up my guy before me. Watch, watch me pick this guy up, or or did you prefer a clean inning, or, or didn't it matter? Just give me the ball.
2: I like I like a clean inning because I like to go out there fresh. I was straight out of the bullpen, go straight to the mound, start strike one, strike two, get one two three, however how many batters I was going to face. But coming in a tight situation, that's when I really burn down and I'm focusing and I'm not going to let the rush score. It was. It wasn't a big challenge for me, but I like doing both of them, put it
1: that way. I love doing both of them.
0: 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.